Heartbreaking loss for the Seahawks in Los Angeles, losing to the Rams 17 to 16. Lots of drama at the end of that game. Geno was 22 of 34. He had 233 yards and one touchdown left the game, then came back while he was gone. Drew Locke was two for six, three yards and one interception. You lose Kenneth Walker as well. He had four carries for 18 before he was hurt. Zach Charbonnet gets the bulk of the carries. He goes 15 for 47 yards. When it comes to receiving the rug, DK led all receivers five for 94 and one touchdown, a big catch late in the game to set up the uh, potential game-winning field goal. Tyler Lockett at five for 50. 51. Quandre led all tacklers with 13. Bobby Wagner behind him with 10. Devin Witherspoon had eight, a sack, a TFL, and a pass defended. Overall, the Seahawks had 291 yards to the Rams, 267. Really tough to get yards in that second half, man. We're going to break all this down with Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters. Going to hear Pete Carroll and players as they step up to the podium and interviews from Jim Mueller. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpus. I'll be joined by the fellas Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moore. The Seahawks lose to the Rams in dramatic fashion, 17-16 down in Los Angeles. Now we're joined by the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Ray. Well, Raves, this was a tough one, man. You lose Ken Walker, you lose Geno for a little bit. Second half rolls around, and um, it, it feels almost like the last game where there was a tale of two halves. That second half rolled around, seemed like the offense could not get going. I'm, I'm trying to figure out why, uh, because when this game started, the Seahawks opening drive, the first time with the ball, a 14-play, 88-yard drive, and the 8-yard touchdown pass to DK. And it just, everything they did worked. Now, granted, teams make adjustments. I get it. But the Rams seem to be able to adjust at halftime and do something defensively that causes us no end to trouble. Now, again, you mentioned Geno gets hurt in the second half. We lose him for a while. And Drew had some things go wrong for him that, unfortunately, were not all his fault. But he had, you know, a pass tipped. And he's trying to find the open receiver and doesn't quite pick up their angle coming out of the break. But that just comes with not seeing much game action. But you have to be ready to step up and play as do all of the young guys, some of whom got in the game today because of injuries. Just really tough. It's just, you know, these Rams, as Dave said during the broadcast at the end of the game, it just seems like they, they have find a way to have our number. Even though we won two of them last year, Matthew Stafford makes way too many plays for this team as a fifth year, a 15-year veteran. We've got to find a way to stop him, slow him down. Hopefully he'll retire, but it, <laughs> until that time happens, we'll probably face him again next season. Yeah, it's uh, it sets up for a a, a rough looking Thursday night on Thanksgiving when you play the 49ers. But um, if Ken Walker is not available, we're going to lean on Zach Charbonnet. Did he show you anything today? Well, Zach did. Uh, you know, he, he played a lot, uh, and DJ then came in and became the third down back. That was Charbonnet's job here for a while. Charbonnet's a, a really good north-south runner. He needs a little bit of help, and when he had a couple of gaps, he was able to bowl some people over. When he doesn't, you know, and he tries to bounce it outside, that's not necessarily his game. So he, he I think, is going to be a, a, fine, a fine back. Seahawks have to do a better job, again, running, especially on first down, or second down, because they put themselves in a lot of uh, third down and long situations, then you really have to depend on your wide receivers and Geno. And then the offensive line has to protect. I thought they did a pretty decent job protecting most of the time today, except that one shot when Geno really took a hard hit. And uh, I don't know how he came back in. Uh, As Dave and I said, I thought he got his arm broken. And instead, 
put a little ice on it, rub, a, rub some dirt on it, come back into the game, and almost lead them to a victory. Just a really gutsy job by Gino. Yeah, Gino did a great job coming back in and, and leading these guys down the field. Um, a 55-yard field goal, nothing is a gimme, but you felt like Myers uh, would, would put it through the uprights. It's unfortunate there. Um, how do you expect this team to bounce back on Thursday? Well, I think they have to. I think you don't have any time to think about it. It would be maybe, quite frankly, a little bit tougher because you'd have more days to think if it's a regular Sunday gig. I mean, you're going to get home tonight, Sunday night. You're going to wake up tomorrow, and tomorrow's going to be like Wednesday already. So there's no time to really to worry about it. You'll, you'll try to get as much rest as you can. You'll go in, you'll look at the film, you'll see where you messed up. Penalties really hurt the Seahawks today. Uh, it just seemed like the officials, you know, the flag was out in the first half especially a lot, maybe too much. But, you know, that's, that's part of the game. You cannot get penalties, uh, or at least as many as the Seahawks had, and expect to win. So forget about it. Learn what you did. Now you're going to face a team you haven't faced all season long. So the first time, your first visit from the 49ers this year, they're going to come in, it looks like, pretty healthy on Thanksgiving night, and you're liable to still be kind of banged up from this game. It's going to be a test, a real test. All right, Raves, you got a short week this week, and uh, you got a decent flight, man. Not too bad, about two and a half hours, man. You make sure you get home safe into your bride. We shall, Bump. Thank you. Alrighty. All right, lots more to do when we return. We're going to bring the guys in and uh, discuss this loss that's next. The Seahawks fall to the Rams 17 16. Seahawks lose to the Rams 17 to 16. Heartbreaking loss, but you felt like they had this game in hand and um, just couldn't figure it out in the second half. Ken Walker goes down. You got to rely on Zach Charbonnet. Geno Smith goes down for a bit. Drew Law comes in throws an interception, but you still had a chance to win at the end of the game. Jason Myers lined it up for a 55-yard field goal. Looked good for a long time, uh, but then the wind must have shifted over there in SoFi. Michael Bumpus with Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moyer. We're going to break this thing down. Big Ray, man, talk to me. What are your feelings, uh, initial reaction? Uh, well, I think to, to start out with, um, you know, the Seahawks, it's happened a couple times in the last two or three games. <clears throat> you know, just four field goal attempts. They have to get touchdowns. Uh, I don't. They're not a team right now that can hang on to these uh, really, you know, close wins, uh, trading touchdowns and field goals. And so uh, that, I think that needs to be addressed. Just because not that it's a big, huge problem, but in the last handful of three or four games, that that has has been an issue. And then, um, man, there were just some untimely missed tackles and missed coverages uh, on the defense uh, that kind of made it tough. But, um, man, it was – Thought we were going to get it there with the field goal, but just kind of push it to the right a little bit. Yeah, uh, this is a tough one. Two, two, both the last drives by the Rams, the two scoring drives, one was a touchdown, one was a field goal, both fueled by key third-down penalties. And and that's just, you know, whether you like the call or not, you got to get that out of the game. You know, the I would say the, the play, uh, pass interference by Witherspoon, probably a terrible call. We all saw that. We're all upset at that. He's just playing good defense, and that that was a third and goal. So it forces the Rams to either kick a field goal or you know go fourth and goal, try to punch it in. So that's just a game changer there, because um, that's um, one of their touchdowns. Then the next, the game winning drive for the Rams or the game t- winning field goal, um, you know there was a third and fifteen at the forty eight yard line, and away from the ball, Reek Woolen gets illegal hands to the face, and it, it it continues that drive, and that's just. I mean, that's not – you can't do that. It was a good call. You know, that, that was hands of the face. So just killer penalties kind of was the theme of this game. You just They just couldn't get out of their own way. 
Yeah, just really disappointing. I, you know, I can't. This is about as disappointing a loss in in years. It was just a game we were dominating in the first half. You know, statistically, we just you know our first two drives. You know, we put twenty nine plays together and ate up a quarter and a half. You know, uh, there's only three drives for us in the, in the first uh, half because we were so efficient with it. But penalties killed us, you know, not just on defense, on offense. Twice we got down, uh, we were at the 26-yard line. We had an illegal procedure on Bobo, and then the next one, right after a penalty, then we have delay a game that comes up first and 20. Instead of us being first and 10 on the 26 going into score, now it's first and 20 on the 36. We end up having to kick a field goal. So, you know, just shooting ourselves in the foot. Man, there were some rough PI penalties. And as you mentioned, that one on Woolen, you you just can't be that wrong as a ref. They've got to find a way to fix that system. They clearly got it wrong, but there's no there's no um communication among the refs there where did I get that right? Because the other refs would have said, "No, you didn't get it right. The guy tripped." I mean, there was no holding, there was nothing to that. Yeah, just disappointing. And obviously losing Canine and and Gino in that second half really stalled our offense. Um, we just, you know, we only had about 80 yards in the second half, you know, of total offense. And that just put the defense in a tough situation. You know, just three and outs, three and outs, and you're back on the field. So disappointing. We'll start breaking the statistics down on this. But, you know, just with the penalties, um, lack of not scoring, you know, touchdowns again, uh, you just kept them in it, and you and we've all felt it, you know, Ray and 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 B. Walter. You were just going, oh man, we feel like this is a game where there's no reason for us to lose, but we've kept them in it enough that it's going to come down to a final play. And sure enough, it did, and we we didn't convert in that field goal. Yeah, that's tough, man. Um, I felt confident with with Myers lining it up, but you know, at 55 yards, anything can happen. It's definitely not a chip shot. Nothing easy over there. Um. Some good news. Tyler Lockett passed Brian Blaze for second place on Seattle's all-time reception list with 584. Uh, DK had himself a good day. Five catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. But I think you guys said it all, man. One, penalties are going to kill you, especially when you have 12 penalties for 130 yards. Um, and then the third downs, a struggle again. You were five for 15 on third downs, two for two on fourth downs. Um, and then uh, just the timely penalties, man. Like uh, you can get off the field several times, but um, you can't shoot yourself in the foot, especially against a team like uh, McVay. McVay coaches, man, it, it's tough. But let's go to the podium now. We got Pete Carroll live. This was the most disappointing uh, loss for us today because of the way we did it, um, and we we made it really hard on ourselves so many times in this game with the calls that were made. And I'm not disputing any of them. I'm just saying we made the, the penalties that, that happened. Uh, we're just just out of line for us, and, and that's we have not been uh, good in that area during the season in general, and, and today really blew up on us and gave them a really good chance to take advantage of it, and they did, and uh, found out that you know they could get their drive together and get what they needed before the uh, the field goal drive, um, but there was you know big penalties in that, that one, and then we did it again in the, in the final drive too. So um, I'm really disappointed because it feels like we did that to ourselves. And uh, we talk so much about that, and we, we, you know, we're trying to make sure that that's not part of our game. And shoot, it was uh, it was the biggest part of the game, I thought. Um, 
Nice job by them to finish it. They did a good job to do what they needed to do with the clock and all that. But they gave us a chance, and uh, Gina was able to pop back out there uh, to a couple great balls to give us a shot, and uh, we just didn't hit our field goal to win the game. That's kind of what the NFL is. Um, you have those opportunities. You, you, we can create those, and then you gotta you got to try to make them. And uh, unfortunately, you're not going to make them all. You know, last week was our game. This week was their game. And so... Um, uh, it's really important that we, we turn it around and bounce back. We come back Thursday, uh, and we got a big game coming up. Um, we'll, we'll have to you know, really handle this well and uh, get our act together, make sure that we can play a great football game because we're, we're in control of what we do. We have, to, um, we have to win the next week's game to put us in a good position, and so uh, that wouldn't have changed it either way, but um, it just makes it a little more pressing th this time. Um, we got some guys banged up in, in the game. Um, uh, Kenny, Kenny uh, got an oblique strain that was legit. He couldn't do anything, couldn't move hardly with it. And uh, Bobo hurt his shoulder but was able to come back in and play. Jarek Reed might have hurt his knee some. Uh, we'll see about that one. And uh, Gino um, got a bruised uh, kind of on his tricep back of his elbow that kind of blew up a little bit. But he was able to come back and, and execute. So uh, uh, nice, nice effort by him. Okay. I don't have any idea. I have no idea. Sorry. He gave us a chance, you know, gave us a chance to kick the ball and win it. Um, long field goal for sure. Um, we, you couldn't have a better guy to kick that one. Uh, Jason's been doing great, and he uh, just didn't get, get you know, a good hit on the ball this time. But uh, I mean, he's exactly the right guy to win the game for us, obviously. We know that. He convinced him on the sidelines. He could do it. You know, he threw the ball enough, and, and it just took a little while for, for you know for the, the blow to go, you know, kind of whatever dissipate or whatever. And, and he, he he threw the ball on the sidelines where they thought that yeah, he can go. So uh, it was a great job of him going in. No, we didn't we didn't quite handle that as well as we'd like to, um, but. Um, we got in field goal range. You know, we got there and, and we had a shot. Um, Jason's kicked balls from that far before. Um, we, you know, we we'd love to have been a little bit closer. Obviously, we weren't. Was there a thought to clocking it instead of handing off the shot, to clocking it and then giving yourself maybe more two plays to try to do? There's some choices in there. Yeah, I agree with that. There's choices. At what point did you know Gina was going to be able to come back? Um, right when, right before the, you know, right at the, when they made the kick. Um, they turned to me and said he's ready to go, so I, I didn't know until then. Yeah, you're hoping you pop it for sure. You know, yeah, we we didn't do that as clean as we like. Did you get any kind of a look at the woman, the, the play they called on him? I, I I didn't see it at all. I have no, I saw nothing. What do you think? Yeah, how about the one on the one on Woolen? I checked it on uh, Spoon in the end zone. I didn't. It was Diggs in the end zone. Okay. Yeah, I missed that. Overall, what did you think of the defense? Like, kept in track for a lot of the Well, we played really good all day long. We did a really good job, and we controlled them. I don't know. They ran the ball for, I don't know, 60, 70 yards or something like that. And, uh, and really, um, you know, Matthew wasn't able to get a bunch of numbers on this day. Um, third down was okay. Um, I think we were 5 of 15. No, no, the other way around, two of nine, I think they were. Yeah, that was a, um, that's a good output for us. We, you know, we're, we're pleased with that. It was enough to, to get us a win. Um, but it just, you know, on this day, with all that happened, that wasn't quite enough. On the Rams last drive, what did you weigh in there on timeouts? 
No, we did, we, know, we did it exactly the way we want to do it. Yeah. Coach, are you concerned about Gino coming back? Obviously, he was able to come back and play. Sure. I'm gonna come, I'm, you know, on Thursday games, you're worried about everybody coming back. Every guy on your team, it's hard to do. And uh, this is one of the great challenges in, in the league. And so, um, you know, we'll find our way. We have our way to, to you know, kind of rejuvenate and get rolling. And they got to do the same thing. So it, it's, just a, it's just a battle. And uh, hopefully we'll get, get our guys back and going. Was it a pain thing uh, with Gino before he came back in? Or was it more of an execution? Couldn't, couldn't throw it for a little while. Shoot, we're going to count on winning the football game. With, with Walker, is there any way to know how long he might be out? No. No, he's pretty sore, though. I know that. Yeah. It was legit. On the, uh, when Zach runs it after DK's big catch on the final drive, does Gino have an option there to maybe throw, or is that just a full on design to run the right Yeah. Um, we didn't do it right. I'm just going to say, we didn't do it right. We didn't, we didn't do that exactly the way we'd like to do that. It didn't come out right. We'll tell you more about it tomorrow. There's been several games like this where you guys have been able to get off really, really fast starts on offense, then things have just gotten stagnant in the second half. Where's your frustration level there, especially Yeah, we, we really were controlling the game, but it was still, we still only scored, you know, whatever, 13 points or something like that. We felt like we were in really good shape. And, uh, like, one touchdown felt like it's a close game. And after all that we had done, you know, so we, we need to capitalize and get those touchdowns. You get a couple, you know, you get just one of the two field goal drives, you know. I think we went down the first three times we had the ball, didn't we not? And it uh, looked very clean and very sharp, and everything was like we like it. So um, just got to sustain it. And I think Kenny went out right in there somewhere, and that affected us a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we had the ability to execute on this day. We did when we did. for uh, not, not enough, though. What is We're trying to get him back. We'll find out. He, he was trying to get right. He couldn't quite get ready for this game, and... and uh, it was close, but he couldn't do it. So we'll see what happens this week coming up. How's Jared Reed? Uh, Jared Reed hurt his knee, and I, and I don't know. Uh, you talking about Jaron Reed or Jared? Jared. Jared. Yeah, yeah, he hurt his knee. Um, we don't know to what extent yet. Anything else? Thank you. All right, that was Pete Carroll. We'll break more of that down when we return. Hey, want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close? Are you looking to watch all the early NFL games and watch our pregame show live or playing the new gaming zone? Then Ticketmaster Tailgate and Lumen Field Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. It's open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. Lots more to do when we get back on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. Michael Bumpus with the fellas. Seahawks lose to the Rams 17 to 16. Here's an injury update for you. Geno Smith has a bruise on his tricep on the back of his elbow. He was able to return. Ken Walker has what P. Carroll says, a legit oblique strain. Never good when you hear P. Carroll be so candid with the uh, the injuries there. Paul, you were breaking down some penalties that might have hurt this team, well, for sure hurt this team. Would you let the people know what you were talking about? Well, I mean, obviously 12 for 130 yards is is a big number, but it's how the penalties come about that really kill you. And, you know, we just shot ourselves in the foot offensively. You know, we there was one where we were on the 26-yard line first, you know, going into score first and 10. We have back-to-back penalties, illegal procedure, then delay of game. Uh, we end up having to kick a field goal. We're on the five-yard line. We end up having to kick a field goal. Uh, first down, on the 28-yard line, oh, we just gotten a first down to the 28-yard line, and they called holding on us. So now instead of being first down, you know, inside the 28, now we are backed up and, and again, another field goal, unfortunately. So 
A lot of those. Uh, three third down situations we got off the field, three penalties. And two of them, one of them was legit. But the third and four, the P.I. on, on Woolen, that, you know, again, someone's got to show me what pass interference is. And plus it was thrown out of bounds. The, the third and 15 hands of the face, really, that was a, a big one because that kept the drive going and they ended up eating a bunch of time up. And then finally the third and five, Witherspoon in the end zone. Again, the phantom uh, P.I. call there. So those those are tough, but it really comes down to we, – we talk about this a bunch, and, I, you know, you can go into any NFL a- analyst place. Yeah, the final two minutes of each half are critical, and they scored with under 12 seconds left in the first half. And I, I think they, we were down to about – six seconds and I'm always like grab the guys don't let them throw it I mean make them have to decide are we going to go for it with three seconds left or kick a field goal and um, you know but so we give up that one and obviously they score under two minutes uh, to take the lead and we don't we don't put it away with that field goal so it's just these things you go God, I mean every little thing that could swing the game really kind of went their way Mm -hmm. and um, you know penalties were just a such a huge factor in it. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seattle Seahawks radio network. Seahawks football all season long on KIRO Seattle. KIRO FM HD2 Tacoma, Seattle. Lots of things to talk about here, uh, Big Ray. When you look at that run game, and um, neither team really rushed, ran, ran the ball good at all. I mean, when you look at the numbers there, the Seahawks ran the ball for 68 yards. The Rams ran it for 82. I guess Royce Freeman did have himself a decent day, 17 carries for 73 yards, averaging 4.3 a game. Uh, what you see offensively? No, I think that they had a chance to get the running game going even when K-9 went out. But like Paul just mentioned, all of those penalties and things, I mean, the Seahawks had, what was it, 12 penalties for 130 yards or something like that. That's going to take you out of a lot of situations where you can run the ball uh, because now you're behind the chains and you have to throw it. So you, and uh, so I thought they could have had a good, a decent day running the ball even with uh, K-9 out. And then just like we said, the, the, the penalties, just in general, though, like, I mean, the whole for the whole game, there was like what twelve? I don't know, two hundred twenty-two yards in penalties. Yeah. Like that's just a lot of refereeing. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like they like they came to do their job today, and uh, and they did it in a major way. But and so th- those things are just hard to overcome, man. And then I don't know if the Seahawks' offense is um, explosive enough or in a rhythm enough right now to overcome those types of penalties, you know, and so that's what kept the score down, kept kept the Rams in the game, and then then all you need is one bad penalty here or one bad play there, and the next you know you're behind the eight ball. And so uh, just unfortunate for the Seahawks today. This would have been a great win uh, going into this uh, going into this week and into the Thanksgiving Day game against the, uh, against the 49ers. I feel like we could have a whole show talking about these penalties because, mm-hmm. I mean, that, like what Pete Carroll said, I mean, that was the biggest story of the game was the penalties. Um, you know, 21 penalties between the two teams is just a lot of flags thrown. Um, but I guess I guess they're thrown both ways, so no excuses. But um, you just you just hate to see a game put into the referee's hands like that. Um, but I mean, it is very, very disappointing. Um, you got to bounce back. That's the most important thing now is bounce back and, and you got to upset the 49ers next week. There's no other choice and you got a short week and it might be short on some guys who get banged up today. Um, I think the Niners are going to be short on some guys too. So it'll, uh, it'll be a battle as it always is. Yeah. You look at this game and you start looking at possessions 
You know, the fourth quarter, obviously, that's what killed us. We got outscored 10 to nothing. They had the ball for 10 minutes to our four. I'm looking at their drives. You know, we're up 16 to seven. They go punt, 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 interception. Their first four drives in the second half. You know, I mean, and we just couldn't put this thing away. And then, you know, again, penalties extended their first touchdown in the second half. Uh, that was a nine-play, 74-yard drive. And then, obviously, the last one, that third and 15, was just brutal. And they end up going 14 plays, 75 yards. And that was a long drive. That was a five-minute, well, actually, uh, yeah, I think it was five-minute five-minute drive on us uh, for their, for their go-ahead uh, field goal. And it's just it's one of those games they needed every one of those breaks just to make this an interesting game. You know, if the breaks I don't want to say breaks, it's just the, the timeliness of penalties and everything. We got Quandre stepping up to the podium now. Man, we gotta finish. Um we didn't finish. I mean it's it's good to start out fast, start off early, you know, play well throughout the game. Um, but we didn't finish, you know, and um, I mean, we were able to get some stops and, you know, we held them to 17 points. We, But I feel like, you know, we should have, these guys really shouldn't have had that many points. So um, we could have been better. We got some things that, that obviously has to be fixed and um, we'll reassess and we'll go from there. What's your view of the interference penalty that uh, extended that touchdown drive? Which one? Oh, I don't know. A receiver actually bumped and ran me over, and then they caught on a spoon. So I was getting up. I didn't. I wasn't even able to see it. Um, the guy hit me, and 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 you know, on my side, and knocked me down. So I didn't get a good chance to see it. What's it like seeing Gino okay? I mean, that's the warrior mentality he has. This is a guy that you know he's. He's one of those guys that he's been through a lot. And, you know, as a leader of his team, you want to go out there and you want to compete. And um, he was able to lead us down there and, you know, um, get us in field position to go kick a field goal. And, you know, I'll take Jay Ma, you know, 10 times out of 10. Um, you know, today he just, you know, just one of those things where he didn't make it. But I've seen him make so many while I've been here. So, um, you know, I can't blame anybody. Not having Jamal today, how did that affect you guys? I mean... Still held them to 17 points, you know what I mean? Um, not having that energy and, you know, not having, you know, the playmaker ability that he's usually out there, um, it's definitely different. Um, but, you know, we had to adjust and have to go next man mentality. And um, at the end of the day, you know, we got to keep him, you know, ready and um, keep him healthy throughout the season because, you know, he's coming off a, you know, a pretty serious injury. I mean, you just got to get your body right. You know I mean? It's a will. You know, it's... Is, is how much you want it. So, you know, um, the competitor in you will, will show up Thursday or it won't. You know what I mean? So um, I'm excited for the opportunity. So, you know, get home, get rest, and um, get ice, and, you know, be ready to go on Thursday. I mean, it's it's always fun. I mean, your body gonna hate it, but as a competitor, you know, you want to take advantage of those opportunities. And every opportunity you get to go play the game, you know, you got to be thankful for it. So um, definitely enjoy it, and you know, I'll be ready to go. And I think we will, you know, as competitors, we'll be ready to go also. And, and did you have any view of the, when they called on Oh no, I didn't. I didn't see it. Um, I didn't see that one. 
Um, I was looking over. I seen the ball thrown, so I kind of looked over. But they were real. You know, it was real ticky-tacky stuff today. All right, that was Quandre talking about the absence of Jamal, what that did to the team. He goes, look, he still held him to 17 points, but uh, you're missing some juice out there when you don't have uh, Jamal. Yeah, we played well defensively, you guys. I mean, again, they had one drive. Well, I guess they had two. They went for it on fourth down uh, on one of their drives in the in the first quarter. But, you know, other than the last minute of uh, the second half and really, you know, the fourth quarter, there was two drives that got held by pedal. We played well. I mean, you know, Love was all over the field, too. He, had, he started off a little slow, but, he, you know, I thought he played pretty well at the end. But it'd be nice to have Jamal back, particularly in that running game. Um, but I liked what we did from a matchup in pass situations. You know, you get Love out there. You got some cover guys. Uh, you know, they hit us again, man. They, 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 they hurt us where people hurt us last week. And, I, again, I'm not sure what they're going to do about that. You know, you can't take everybody off the field and play with eight defensive backs. But – there's there's some things that teams are hitting us on that you know if you want to play perfect you got to shore that up but overall man no excuse I mean the defense played really well they they did played well enough for us to win all right let's go back to the podium we got Tyler Lockett how you feeling uh, I feel pretty good I mean you know I made it out and stuff like that but I mean as far as the game uh, a little tough because we should have won that game so I mean the feeling mentally we're just Giving that game up is really tough. Also, how was it just going through Geno's end and Drew's end and Geno's end on the final drive? Well, I mean, you know, when things happen, you know, it's kind of like the next man up. And so, uh, you know, it was hard for us just to be able to get a rhythm just in the second half in general. Uh, the Rams did a great job with just adjusting. I think we only had three points in the second half because we were up 13 to 7. So they did a good job adjusting to some of the stuff that we were doing. But uh, we just can't be as stagnant as we were. I mean, we got to continue to um, to do what we can in a run game, being able to get the ball, getting the sticks moving, being able to help the quarterbacks out in the third down, um, with us just being able to get open and make more plays. I mean, you know, it's surprising, but you know, things happen, and you know, you can't put that on the game. I mean, obviously, that's the last play of the game, so that's what everybody remembers, but. I mean, there are so many plays right there where we can all look back at and say, you know, we had a hand in this. So, I mean, we're not going to pinpoint that play. I mean, you know, we, we trust him. We know that he's going to make these kicks. And for us, we just can't put ourselves in situations where we got to be able to do everything we can to win at the end. I mean, we just got to kind of go look at it. Um, you know, I think we from where we started on the 25, we did a great job being able to get down. Um, somewhere around where we wanted to be. Uh, obviously, I'm sure there's things that we wish we could be able to have back, but um, for us, I think we did a great job getting it down there. Uh, of course, we could have probably got it a little bit closer, but at the same time, we had no timeouts. And so I think, you know, when you lose a game like this, there's always things that you can go back on and say, I wish we would have um, made this decision or changed something like that. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, we just can't put ourselves in those situations. What you say? Was there a series? Oh yeah, it was. It was just one of those things where you know the coaches was just trying to be smart, um, just try to be smart to where I didn't have any setbacks or anything. So that was the plan going in that you'd be on like a bit of a snap count. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was an honest and open communication. What happened on the interception? 
Uh, I mean, the dude made a great play. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where uh, probably looking back, if if there was anything that I could change, it would probably uh, be one of those things where if I can't get it, nobody can get it. Yeah, appreciate it. That was Tyler Lockett, man. He said, dude made a play. You know, dude made a play. And guys are going to make plays every now and then, Big Ray. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I love that Tyler is, uh, and everyone tries to be diplomatic in all of this, but if Gino threw an interception on the last play of the game, (laughs) when you could win, you'd be trashing Gino for throwing an interception. (laughs) Kicker had one job, make the field goal. Make the field goal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so yeah, like you don't want to put it all on the last play. You don't want to put it on one player. But, I mean, that's what he gets paid to do. And um, and, he, and he missed the field goal. But, you know, I do think that what he said, like in the second half, the offense just never found its rhythm again. And then part of that was the penalties. I thought the defense played well. They played, you know, there's a couple runs that kind of got a little loose a little bit. But for the most part, they played well. They didn't. I don't know if we got any sacks, but uh, but there was a lot of pressure, you know, moving him uh, out of the pocket, and which also meant that there was some good coverage in the in the secondary. So there's a lot of good things that were happening. It's just unfortunate that it's a, unfortunate a series of un, unfortunate events that allowed for the Seahawks to lose a game. No good, very bad day, Big Ray. Exactly. Say twelve. Take the next step to becoming a Seahawks season ticket holder. Sign up for free today and join the notification list to save a spot in line and receive quarterly email updates, special ticket offers, and more. Visit Seahawks.com slash tickets today to sign up. All right, more to do, more to talk about as we break this down. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks lose a tough one to the Los Angeles Rams, 17-16. to Gino was 22 of 34 for 233 and a touchdown. He's at the podium now. Gino, how are you feeling right now? I'm a little sore. Um, not the best, but, uh, you know, God's good, so I'll just keep pushing. Yeah. Just trying to go out there and make plays and, you know, get us in a position to win the game. Uh was still hurting, but, uh, you know, obviously didn't do enough. No, um, yeah, there was, uh, you know, I guess there was a outage or something, but no play came in my helmet. So I called the quickest play I could in that situation. Um, you know, try to, you know, maybe get a few more yards, uh, called a run play. You know, I thought we had a chance and, you know, really didn't work out how we thought it would. Has that happened at all in this game where you lost communication? Just on that play. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just worried about the game, trying to win. Yeah, it hurts. You uh, did some more of passes, didn't play for a couple series. Then where did you kind of have to convince the coaches that you go, go back in? Uh, I really just had to try to do my best to fight through the pain. Um, that was the main thing is, is pain tolerance and just uh, trying my best to just fight through it and keep going. Are you thinking we'll be able to play Thursday? Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, you know, was was concerned, um, you know, just hurt, hurting, still hurting. But, uh, you know, like I said, God is good, so I'm still still going. Is the maybe not knowing about playing because it's a Thursday game? To... Yeah, I think it's just, you know, human body. You got to see how it reacts. You landed pretty hard on your left side, it looked like. Are you all good there? Yes. 
Totally fine. Could you, did your mic ever start working again? Uh, pretty much was done after that. We had to kick a field goal, clock it, kick a field goal. How often does that happen typically in a game? Uh, I mean, it can happen at any time, but it does happen. Um, probably more often than you guys know about, but it does happen. And, you know, you just got to try to make a call. That's a situation where uh, if you weren't in two minutes, you probably call a timeout or have more time to go to the sideline and get a play. But clock's running. You got to, you know, make, make a fast call. And that's what I did. Is that play designed to, like, um, yeah, we're not even thinking about that at that point. Um, we're really just trying to get to the next play and try to get as many as many yards as we can to make the field goal uh, a little bit easier for him. Uh, just, you know, feeling like I could throw, feeling like I could, you know, go, obviously go out there and execute um, and help the team. Uh, it's just how I am. Um, you know, I just I'm always going to try to finish the game if I can. The, 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 you chose the Charbonneau run because why? I mean, the first thing popping in your head was the personnel was going to do. I thought we had a good chance. You know, you guys will watch the film, I'm sure, and then you'll see what happened. You, you guys were running the ball pretty effectively there. Early, what, what changed? Uh, I feel like they stopped us. You know, that was the main thing. I feel like uh, you know, obviously they're you know got great players too. So uh, they stopped us, and uh, you got to got to give your hats off to them. They made the plays. Get more yards. Yeah. Anything else? Thank you. Our quarterback review was brought to you by T-Mobile exclusive wireless partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, obviously uh, disappointed. Gino, he talks about the communication not being on point at the end of that game. So he calls a, uh, a play he thinks is going to work. We'll dive back into that. But uh, let's go to the podium. We got Rick Woolen. What's going through your mind right now, Rick? Uh, shoot. Honestly, a lot. But at the same time. I mean, you can't even change the past no more. As much as you wish you had a time machine, sure, you can't even go back. But, I mean, you just got to watch the film and then just see what corrections we got to make and then come back Thursday and go out there and fight like a team. What was your thought on the penalty? Uh, it was some BS, but at the same time, you know, uh, I'm hard on myself, so I feel like that's on me, you know. I feel like in those situations, we're supposed to get off the field and the game supposed to be over right there, you know. And as much as we have a good defense, you know, we would much rather be put in a position where we can just end the game right there and, you know, get the ball to the offense, let them do their thing, you know. But instead, you know, hands to the face penalty can make the drive go longer and it resulted in them which kicking a field goal, you know. But at the same time, they shouldn't have had those points. Yes, Both. I feel like both, but we'll just go back and look at the film and see what I did wrong. Usually when you go into the film the next day and coach will be like, I'll oh, just, you know, you, you just one inch uh, lower and you would have hit the shoulder pad or something like that. So we'll just have to see in meetings and just correct it. Honestly, it didn't even seem like they called it immediately. It seemed like uh, all I remember just watching the play and I was looking, I see a flag out of nowhere and I was just like, damn. So. I mean, it's a sucky penalty. It's the one I wish I could have back, especially for the team. But, you know, like you said, you ain't got no time machines here. So just next play, next game. What do you make of how you guys play defense overall? I mean, that was pretty good. I thought we played great, man. 
You know, I feel like we just go out there and we play off on each other. We communicate well. And it's some stuff we got to clean up at the same time. So, you know, every defense ain't perfect. Every defense, every team got something to clean up. So, uh, I feel like we played well today. And, you know, we, we uh, you know, just tried to play it as hard as we could. So, I mean, sometimes we just want to win, and that just don't happen. But I feel like we played great as a defense today. All right, that was Reek Woolen. Says he wished he could have that playback, obviously, right? Third and 15, get a legal hand to the face. Um, he probably would have been off the field. But uh, let's go back and talk about what we heard from Gino. He says at the end of the game, the communication was lost in his headset between him and his coach, uh, Shane Waldron. So instead of spiking the ball, we were talking about scenarios, right? You could spike the football, um, give yourself more time to run another, another play, maybe get closer for Jason Myers. Or... He ran that play thinking, all right, let me get these guys. Let me get Jason Meyer in the hash because this is where he likes it. Let's set this thing up. Um, more, you're more on the side of you would have went up to the line of scrimmage and spiked the ball. Yeah, because I think there was around 20 something. Well, I mean, we'd thrown it when there was four. snapped the ball about 40 seconds left uh, after they were reviewing where that was a catch, uh, the play before that. And so I think there was 20-some seconds left. I would have spiked. I would have just spiked it. If I'm, I'm not sure of the play, you know, time it matters at that point. Um, I probably would have spiked it. But yeah, I, mean, I don't know what they coach up. Hey, we lose the headset. I mean, I, I think it would have been easy to look to the sideline. I would hope that if they were thinking about spiking it, he would have just saying, "Hey, you know, ground it real quick," and they would have gotten that signal. Right, at the end of the day, we we got within field goal range. Now, Ray, you were talking about the field goal. You know, it had a kind of a, a fade to it, you know, to the right. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe at 50 yards, that goes in. You know, uh, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Easy to second-guess everything. B. Waldy also said that um, he deferred to Zach Charbonnet because he felt there was an advantage. They could have got some yards on that play. So it wasn't just like Geno's getting up there and saying, uh, I don't know, let's do this. He, he analyzed the situation. He liked the matchup. He decided to run the football. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, that's that's not the, the normal play call. The normal play is to spike it. So if he thought that he could catch the Rams off guard and gash him for 10 yards there and get 10 yards up the middle, easy yards, and spike it, then you're in great spot for a field goal. So, you know, I don't mind it. I don't mind the play. It's aggressive, that's for sure. And you need it to work out. You get tackled for two yards, then the clock's run. You got to spike. It's it's kind of a, a chaos scenario. But um, you know, the easy thing to do is spike it and regroup, and then go from there. If you're gonna throw a couple quick outs and get to the sideline, but regardless, the next play you can't take a sack. You know, if you're gonna throw it. Uh, so there's all kinds of clock things. So Gino just took it in his own hands and said, "Let's try to get him here. Let's try to get seven to ten yards on this up the middle run that the Rams may not expect. Spike it and then let Jmi uh, finish the game off." So I have no, uh, I have no qualms about it. It's just a, a riskier uh, choice. Yeah, the only the only issue is. Well, I got two yards on that play. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, trying to see what the clock. Yeah, there was 23, yeah. 23 seconds left. Uh, Charbonnet up the middle at that. So if he spikes it, you know, we're at 22, 21, whatever that number is. And you got time to, to do some things. Now, like they're, at that point, they're, wow, you can't really cover just the sideline. I got plenty of time to throw 10 yarders, you know, over the middle and, and, and spike the ball. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll beat this one up. I'm sure yeah, X and all those wonderful social media has already coached <laughs> this thing up quite well. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, uh, it sounds like from what he said, too, that this is not the first time that something like that has happened. So it's not like it was a panic 
move, it may not have been the right call or because it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? So it's easy to criticize it when it doesn't work. Uh, but it does it does seem like there were other options there. And like Pete said, they'll probably review that and kind of uh, figure out, you know, what they could do better the next time. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I think Pete said, the penalties were the biggest story, you know. And then and then the second half, just not finding the rhythm uh, on offense and, and uh, to, to score touchdowns versus field goals. Ray, you might be with me on this one, but my, my only reason to – have spiked that is when you when you come off of a what was it a 20 21 yard gain or something and then you have all the linemen running down right you're a little gassed yeah right so sometimes a spike gets you reset and the linemen can get a couple a uh, couple deep breaths and reset for the next play but when you're running right up to the line of scrimmage and then hand it off up the middle my guess is the push up the middle wasn't quite the same as it would have been if you were to stop the clock and then and then regroup yeah especially if they if you as a player, as an offensive lineman, you can sense a little bit of the chaos going on, and so maybe you're not quite set and ready to execute the block, you know, properly. So, like Paul said, there's a there's a lot of ways to kind of you know talk about this one and around this one, and and I'm sure it's going to be to talk for a couple days, and then, uh, but they got to get on to the next game. The next game is Thursday, so I think someone said tomorrow will feel like a Wednesday, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so it's gonna uh, Thursday's gonna come fast. Yeah, I mean, look, honestly, to me, the play. On the second and ten situation was more critical. There, there was a minute nine seconds when we snapped that, and when Gino, you know, decided to check it down the middle of the field, you can't check it down the middle of the field, uh, not, particularly not when a guy's right there to make the tackle. So now it comes up third down and eight, and we're down to forty-one seconds. You know, the, you lost what 20, 28 seconds there. That's big. Um, and he probably could have ran that one. Um, you, you need to get some yards. You certainly don't want to come up third and ten, third and twelve uh, in that situation. But you know, the, that's what's fun about this. We get to uh, we get to be Monday morning quarterback. Is that what they are? Coaches, whatever it is. I don't know. Monday morning something. Monday morning something. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do it tonight. We yeah. still got a little bit to go. So. We'll, really? we'll be uh we'll be Sunday night analysts. How's that? Well, you know, okay. All right. Lots more to do, man. When we return, <laughs> we're here from uh Bobby Wagner. He's standing by with Jim Miller. That is next. The Seahawks lose to the Rams 17-16. Bobby Wagner became the third player in NFL history with 12 consecutive 100 tackle seasons. Very impressive. He's standing by with Jim Miller. Penalties. I think the, you know, that drive specifically, they made their way down the field um, just because of all the penalties that we were doing. So just trying to make sure everybody knew that we can't beat ourselves. How much did Stafford maybe affect some of those? I, I know that there was a couple of fouls at the line of scrimmage. Maybe he was just working that count and that cadence a little bit. No, he's a smart quarterback. So, you know, if, if he feels the defense is getting antsy on his snaps, he'll change his count up and, and um, you know, use that, that for his favor. So um, he's really smart like that. Is this even more frustrating because you feel like you beat yourselves than a normal game? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we definitely didn't help ourselves in, in some of these cases, but, um, you know, we just got to find a way to win those games. Generally, what was different about the defense in the second half versus the first half? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they started doing more boots. Uh, they, they started to run the ball a little bit more. Um, I think that's what helped open up the boots and stuff like that. 
Um, you know, first half I did, we, I, I feel like we did a good job of like taking taking that away the middle because we knew that's where they wanted to go to. And um, yeah, we just got to do better. Because of how many he's made in a row, are you thinking that step Myers' kick at the end is definitely through? You're already assuming he's going to make that one? Yeah, you know, we have the utmost confidence in him. Um, you know, whether he makes it or misses it, you know, we support him. Um, you know, he, we know he's going to make that kick nine times out of ten. So, you know, if we put him, put him in position again, we know he's going to make it. I know this is not a game that you would celebrate after, but the fact that you're over 100 tackles for a 12th straight season, is that a goal or an objective that you set at the beginning of the year? Nah, I just want to win, to be honest. Um, I think winning is, is more important. I think, uh, you know, if I put my, my focus on winning, all the other stuff kind of comes with it. Bobby, what, why, why do you think you're the neighborhood of football better in the second uh, I'm not sure, too sure. I got to look at film, but you know, I think they just were more committed to it um, in the second half than they were in the first half, and, and um, you know, we just got to execute and play better. Yeah, and the Rams with over 200 yards of offense in the second half after having under 60 in the first bump. Thank you, Jen. That was Bobby Wagner says, look, 100 tackles is not something that he's uh, he's focused on. He just wants to win ball games. Jen asked about the adjustments that they made in the second half. The Rams, he said, look, more boots and crossing routes. I think that, that, that tied them up a little bit, man. Hey, this November, 12% off in-store pro shop sales from the 2023 Seahawks Salute to Service Collection will be donated to FOB Hope, a nonprofit focused on empowering our veterans. Shop now at the Seahawks Pro Shop at the Landing Written and Lumenfield or online now at Seahawks.com slash pro shop. When we return, we'll hear from Jay Reed. That's next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Seahawks fall to the Rams 17 to 16 with that loss. They are now six and four. Let's hear from Jay Reedy standing by with Jim Mueller. Jaron, this really was a tale of two halves. When you look at total yards given up, what did the Rams find in the second half? Uh, I think they did a good uh, good job of changing the game plan, trying to slow our rush down. Um, they were in a lot of RPOs, a lot of boots, and a lot of screens, and, you know, we just got to switch up our defense, too, when they switch up. Well, there was a lot of good pressure, though, and there was a couple of times it looked like Stafford was dead to rights, but how does he still get the ball out? Uh, that's a great question. I'm going to go back and look at the film and see what he's done. We probably just got to, you know, just make the tackle more just wrap up or you know have a little bit more sticky coverage what did you like about the first half and whether it was the yards or getting off the field for some of the punt what'd you like i think we'll get off the field on third downs for sure uh, just be able to get off the field and get the offense back to the ball the offense did a great job of controlling the clock and you know we got to do that throughout the whole game the first time you played the rams it, it was a little bit of the same thing where they came in the second half and showed a little different but what can you point to that shows that this team has improved since week one uh, i I think every week we come out and we improve. The thing I think we have to do is adjust. We got to adjust our game plan and everything we do. We can't keep doing the same things through the whole game. Is that an individual, like you've got to adjust your, your pass rush or you're talking like scheme needs to be adjusted? No, I'm talking about us as players. You know, We have to adjust as players. We have to figure out a way to make everything work. I know that it's tough and a loss, but Leonard Williams was getting some pressure there and taking on double teams. How does he do that? Oh, he's a monster, man. Look at him. He's a monster. He's a hell of a player. Um, that just all shows his effort and what he do during the week. I know that injuries will never be an excuse, but when Gino leaves the game and when there's a couple of guys that are in and out of the tent, how disruptive can that be? Um, it's not his next man up mentality. We expect Drew to come in and do the same thing. Lastly, what do you tell your guys about turning the page and looking towards Thursday? Uh, we sit on this for not even 24 hours, just a plane ride, and we got to get ready for Thursday. All right, that'll do it. Bump will get that back to you. 
He says uh, players have to adjust, Big Ray. And he didn't say the scheme. He just said the players need to adjust. What do you think he's talking about? Uh, I think they, like, uh, you have to also, there's always, like, the game within the game, right? So you have, like, your the, your overall game plan. But also as an individual on the field, you got to kind of know how you're going to execute the game plan and how you're going to go about doing it. You know, as an offensive lineman, you know, I know that, uh, you know, I have to pass block a dude. But I also have to understand, like, what he's been doing against me that's giving me a tough time so I can make an in-game adjustment to that. So maybe that's what he's talking about, you know, um, and just kind of understanding how your assignment is impacting the game plan. Uh, I know, you know, for like, for instance, for an offensive lineman, I became better when I understood how my backside block (laughs) impacted the overall play versus just going like, oh, I'm blocking number 90. You know what I'm saying? So when you have a better understanding of what you're trying to get done, then you can make uh, little technique changes to what you're doing. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Yeah, I guess sometimes you got to – you watch film all week and you see what you see on film and that's what you prepare for. But sometimes maybe that that corner, you know, I'm talking as a receiver, I guess, you know, comes up and and, and does a different technique that you haven't seen on film. And he's doing that to you all game because he's watched film too, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's seen it. And so then you got to make that adjustment. You got to, you know, maybe stuff you practice all week changes. Now your technique's different. Now you're using your hands more. You're fighting more as opposed to speed releasing more. And that's how I would be adjusting to, you know, what they give you uh, come game day as opposed to maybe as what you studied and what they've shown on prior games. Yeah, not much to add there. I, you know, I, I thought. Um, by the way, the Rams did make some adjustments in the second half. Um, the, the particular the way they were running their deep crossing routes, which is they've always tried to attack us on that. And we, you know, to our credit, we we did a good job of saying, okay, we're going to turn these into man to man, and we were having our linebackers trying to run with them. And there was one time Bobby was waiting for the guy. I mean, he was waiting for him all the way up. You know, the guy hadn't even come to the one hash mark, uh, let's say the defensive uh, right hash mark, and Bobby was waiting outside the defensive left hash mark, and then they just sat it down about 20, 25 yards deep. You know, so, you know, again, that's what McVeigh does. That's what good coaches do. you got to make in-game adjustments. Um, offensively, man, I, we, we talked about this. I don't know what it is. I really no. don't. I, I think more than anything, it's just the lack of explosive plays. And it's it's been hard for us to score in the red zone. We had that one big 50-yarder to uh, DK. We didn't we didn't score a touchdown that one, and we ended up kicking a few. Well, we got down to the five-yard line, but we and then we uh, got a minus six-yard play on Char- Charbonnet. I think it was maybe a swing route or a pitch. I can't remember. Um but I just think the lack of explosive plays, you know, it's just we went 14 plays, 15 play drive. You're just not going to get that, you know, again. I mean, yeah. and with all the penalties, obviously those killed it as well. So I don't know. We'll look at the film and we'll analyze it later. I also do think on offense um, that this late in the season, they still just haven't quite found. And I don't want to say identity because your identity can be multiple. It's it, it's they just haven't found the level of execution I think that kind of puts you at a place where you can play with your hair on fire throughout the game and and I'll just take this back to <laughs> to my little pet peeve is that that's why this whole idea around momentum in sports is interesting to me because it's about executing if you're not executing it ain't gonna work and in the second half the offense just wasn't executing at a level that was going to allow them to put more points on the board board and win the game. 
All right, it's a loss, but we still got to do it. Player of the game is coming up next. The Seahawks fall to the Rams, 17-16. Geno from the shotgun with three receivers near side. Here's a slant round. Ball is caught. It is DK Metcalf, and it is a touchdown. Seahawks. Geno threw that ball where only DK Metcalf could get it. Kind of a low driving throw on a slant round. And DK just protects the ball with his body, makes the catch for six, and Seattle draws first blood here in Los Angeles, 6-0. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plum and Stop Freaking Call Beacon. All right, fellas. 49ers coming into town. Just got um, word that Ufunga, the Pro Bowl safety for the Niners, will not be available. He tore his ACL, unfortunately. Um, but what do we have to look forward to? Brock Purdy just had himself a game today. He uh, was 20, excuse me, 21 of 25 for 333 yards and three touchdowns. Three was his lucky number today. B. Walt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's about as good as it gets right there. Um, but, I mean, we all know the 49ers. They are so stacked everywhere. It, it's It's not... Not easy when they uh, come into town. I mean, you go through their whole roster, it's weapons, With starting with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, started his own little touchdown streak today again, so he's at one. Um, <laughs> uh, George Kittle, you know how the tight ends have, have hurt us through the years, and he's a guy that can hurt you at any play. He's a big, explosive play tight end. Um, so it, it's just it's just never easy. And you know what? Now you're trying to chase them. Now you're one game back. You're trying to chase them. And you look at the 49ers' schedule, though, it's almost like the Seahawks, as long as they consider the Seahawks a, a tough road right Seahawks have the Niners twice and the the Eagles and the 49ers have the Seahawks twice they play the Eagles they play the Ravens so this division's still up for grabs but you got to start Thursday you got to start you got to start on uh um uh Thanksgiving to uh be able to to get back on track with the Niners not gonna be easy uh because you just mentioned offensively and you're right. I mean, you, you go ahead and say, okay, we're going to take away Christian McCaffrey. And then, oh, wait, we got to do Debo Samuel. And, oh, wait, wait, George Kittle. And, wait, Brandon Ayuk, who had five receptions for 156 yards today. But we forgot about the defense, which has Fred Warner, who I think is the best linebacker, an interior linebacker out there. He had 12 tackles today and a half sack. And then you got Dre Greenlaw. Oh, he had a half a sack. Oops. And you got Eric Armstead. Oh, he had a sack today. And then you had Nick Bosa. Yeah, he had a sack too. And, oh, they got this guy, Chase Young. He had a sack as well. Garbage. So it's going <laughs> to be a battle. And they also have a very good secondary. Um Boy, I tell you what, guys, for a quarter and a half today, I thought we were ready for them. I thought our offense is really clicking right now. Our defense is on fire. And we're going to play well. We're going to find a way defensively to get it done. Uh, Offensively, I think it's going to be a really, really tough challenge. Yeah, I think offensively, I was going to point out the same things that you were pointing out there, uh, Paul, because Fred Warner is like a – like a, a a young Bobby Wagner, just all over the place. You know, like his stat line: half a sack, two pass defenses, twelve twelve total tackles. And it's going to be important, I think, for the offense to find a rhythm. And maybe I think there has to be a good mix of eating up some clock and some explosive plays. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think you can just re- rely on the sp- explosive plays because then you have a this back and forth type thing. Uh, but I, I do think that they're going to have to run the ball well, or at least be efficiently efficient running the ball, and then they have to find ways to take shots. They have to they have to get some explosive plays, some quick scores, that, that type of thing, and touchdowns, not field goals. I'm with you. 
You got to get her done. This is going to be a big test on Thursday, but you never know. Um, deflating losing to the Rams, but you know what? You got a, you got a lot of games left. Let's see how they get it done. Today's final score, Rams 17, Seahawks 16. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. I'd like to thank the people that make our broadcast possible. Scoreboard updates from Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinators, Brady Robick and Max Strobel. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasser Toby. The Seahawks return home this Thursday for Thanksgiving showdown with the San Francisco 49ers. Pre-game coverage begins at 3 p.m. on the Seahawks Radio Network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of hot talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Rams 17-16. to See you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to Hawk Talk. Man, a tough one today. The Seahawks lose to the Rams 17 to 16 on Michael Bombers with Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moya. Man, this was a tough one, man. You look at the first half of this game and you feel good about the Seahawks and what they're doing, though you wish they uh, score touchdowns and not field goals. But nonetheless, you feel good. They're moving to full ball. You're decent on third downs. You get to the second half and things just start to change. Before you get to the second half, Ken Walker goes down. You lose Geno. Smith in the second half for a couple of drives. Drew Locke comes in. He throws an interception. But you still have a chance to win the game when it's all said and done. We're sitting here talking about this loss, and I think we all think it was probably it is, and I, we agree with uh, Pete Carroll, the most disappointing loss of the season, because you know what lies ahead of you when you look at the Hawks' schedule. You got the Niners on Thursday, then you have the Cowboys, the Niners again, and the Eagles. The hope was to put together a two-game winning streak with the Commanders and the Rams, and then go into the gauntlet feeling good and saying, look, just split these games. So I think you're still hoping for a split, but uh, let's let's focus on this one today, Moyer. Um, when you break down this loss, man, what stands out to you? Disappointing. <laughs> what stands out? Uh, you know, obviously, you know the the penalties. You know, just man, it just took it just takes you out of the game. Uh, you know, you, you look at our third down situation, you guys. We offensively, we start off third and six, third and one, third and five. And we convert on those three. We got third and one. We don't convert. We come back on fourth and one that same play drive, though, and, and we do convert. So to me, that's all right. We've extended it. Um, then it goes third and 22, third and 11. We got third and two, third and 11, fourth and one, third and 15, third and 14, third and nine, third and 11. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just too hard to, to convert there. And a lot of those were penalties. Uh, some of them were, you know, some sideways runs that, you know, we, we took some losses with. One was, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I think they only sacked us maybe one time. Uh, it was just uh, in, in an opportune time as well. But you go through this game and you start looking statistically and you look at the drives. I mean, we're dominating this game. I mean, time of possession, the first first period. We got it for nine, almost ten minutes to their five. Second period, ten minutes to their five. Third period, eight minutes to their, you know, six and change. Then the fourth period, it's just completely, or quarter, it's completely flipped at that point. And you could feel the momentum. I know you're not a momentum guy, but boy, <laughs> you could feel it. And we're all we're all pretty nervous that you know you're going to have to have Drew Locke potentially make have to go win the game for us. And uh, you know we had a chance. We just you know, missed a field goal uh, at the end. It was disappointing. Yeah, I was going to say I was just sitting here trying to figure out um, what my my feeling of the game was, and I started thinking about just of the team in general right now. It feels like. Not that they're little, but it feels like the little engine that could. Like the 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 moral of that story is that you think you can, you think you can, you think you can, and uh, and you feel like you have the ability to do it, but you just never 
like they just haven't quite had the I made it to the top of the of the railroad you know hump you know and and today felt like that on offense it just didn't seem like they quite got to where they needed to get to to be able to to really take control of this game early I mean they you know if they convert they get fourteen or seventeen points or you know two touchdowns out of those three drives. It's probably a different ball game going into the halftime. You have a little more cushion. Uh, but, you know, was able it allowed them to get back in the game. So just this idea of, like, they feel so close, yet, you know, it was the Rams. <laughs> you know, they feel like you should have beaten the Rams and then really looking forward to this gauntlet of teams that are coming up. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. But, Paul, you hit it on the head, I think, just staying on schedule when it comes to third down in the second half especially. I mean, you're, you're one for eight on third downs in the second half, but – that's on first and second down where all that damage is done. And, uh, you know, to me, as many penalties as there were, you know, 12 for 130 yards, uh, there's two penalties that, that stick out, um, whether you like it or not. One was the pass interference by, by Witherspoon, a terrible call, but it's still a penalty that extended that drive and it made it first and goal. They punched it in for the, the touchdown. The next one was a play com- completely, oh, a completely away from the play. It is a penalty. He got his hands to his face. I get it, get what you call it, but it had no effect on the play, and I think that's what hurts the most, right? It's just, you know, it, it could have went without, it had no change of the game. You know, they, they threw a pass all the way to the right side. The penalty was on the left side. So that's a tough one as well, um, but got to clean that up. But those that as well, as well that was on Woolen, extended the drive. That was third and 15, mm. and it gave them a first down where they were going to go to fourth and 15, and they have to punt it back to the Seahawks on that, you know, second to last try, or go for it on fourth and uh, fifteen. So you don't know what McVay is going to do there, but he's in a jam. But he got bailed out. So it's just that, like you said, right too. It just you just couldn't get out of your own way, and it just it was there. It was there for the taking. You outplayed him, but just you know, this is the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we we kick the field goal. We go up sixteen to seven, and I go, okay, you know, we, we're Double digits now. They're going to have to score a touchdown. I go, oh, but then we're a field goal. We're only up nine. That that's that's a little worrisome. But let's just, let's talk about. We get the ball the beginning of the second half. First play, we get we throw one to Disley, and he's wide open. Mm-hmm. Now it's not going to be a big play, but it's going to be more than likely a first down. He drops it. Um, next play comes up. Uh, we we hit I think an eight yard run or or, or a pass. We, it. It's third down and two, and we. We just, I didn't love the, I hate to say, didn't love the, the play call, but, you know, we didn't execute it well. And we ended up having to, actually, it was grounding, I think, too, as well. We threw it away or something. And we got to punt the ball. It's 16 to 7, and we still, we stop them again. And now it's like, okay, now we've got the momentum. Let's, let's, let's put this thing to bed. And I think we, again, have come up, you know, third and 13 or 14. Man, it's just so many of those, and that's why when Pete first came out on his press conference and saying, you know, it's just one of the most disappointing losses. It was just a game you had. You had the game, and um, you can't put it in the ref's hands, man. You, right. It's like anything. You're on the road. you got to knock out a champ, and we just didn't knock him out. All right, let's hear from uh, Boye Mafia. He's standing by with Jim Mueller. What did you guys do better today in terms of getting pressure on Stafford compared to week one? Uh, we understood, you know, situations and what they like to do. So took the opportunity to attack, uh, trusting each other, letting each other just be loose and be able to get after the rock and just playing off of one another. You know, at times the three techniques were getting free. At times the edges were getting free. Blitzing guys, turning guys getting free. So just understanding that we had to play off of each other. And after all that pressure in the first half, it seemed like that was tough to come by in the second half. What adjustments were made there? 
Uh, we just had to understand the situation. There's a lot of play action, a lot of different situations, unscouted looks. So we just had to be ready for that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can be prepared for and a lot of things you can't assume, and you had to play honest. So, you know, situations happen. I would also assume some of that is just how much football Matthew Stafford has seen in his career that he can make those adjustments on the fly. I mean, great to him. You know, he's a great player. He's been in the league for a long time, and there's a reason why he's been around. So got to give the credit to him in that situation. Even when you guys were getting pressure to him, it seemed like he was able to just, like, step out of that, that short tackle or that sure stack. Was that a technique thing on the part of the pass rushers, or is, again, that Stafford being smart? Uh, you know, every now and then, quarterbacks understand situations where pressure is, where guys are coming from, uh, especially if you're rushing high or if you're rushing low. You know, a step here, a step there with the O-line help, and Bears definitely make it in the sack or get in the situations but hard. So, you know, that's one thing we got to get better at, one thing we got to step up at, and one thing we got to, you know, go into this week understanding that we have to make sure that our sure tackles are down, uh, you know, making sure that we're making the plays that we need to make. There were penalties across the offensive line today. What was he doing to work the count? Uh, the uh, I mean, uh, you know, they had a couple hard counts. That they were trying to get us off sides every now and then, and we noticed that, that they were trying to go on the second count. And we had an understanding of the situation that we had to be prepared for that, you know, making sure that we didn't jump off sides, making sure that we didn't let that beat us. What did Pete say about the penalties on this one? Uh, I mean, we understand that we have to get better at that, and that's a situation, that's a gray area that we need to grow at, and that's one thing that we have to strive to get better at continuously and making sure that we're doing our part. Uh, you know, going into this week, going into the next week of short turnaround, we have to understand those are things that can beat us and those are things that are important. They're not like meaningless uh, fouls or and penalties. We need to understand and address those. And lastly, I know that this would be a much different celebration for Bobby Wagner in the event of a win, but he now has 12 seasons of 100-plus tackles. Just the third person in the NFL to do that. What have you seen about his consistency so far? Man, as a special, as a special player, right there, uh, he's always consistent with everything he does. He always does, you know, his work and his is tedious. He does everything, all the small things right. So just a credit to him, and it's a credit to understanding that who he is as a person and how he carries himself, and you know, it's a testament to him and how much of a leader he is on this team. Yeah, a milestone worth celebrating for sure. A bump, but maybe one that'll have to wait another week. Thank you, Jen. Uh, unfortunately, Boye Mafe's sack streak comes to an end at seven consecutive games with a sack. It is still a franchise record. He was close once or twice, Big Ray. I thought he was going to get one. Yeah, it seems like, especially the the very first drive, he was like really close on a on a couple sacks, and then it seemed like they did a good job of like m- making him have to work through a couple people. So there was a tight end every now and again on the. Uh, um, uh, on his side, giving him a chip before he went out, uh, maybe a running back, and then we they did run a few games uh, with him, but he, you know, I think the Rams did a pretty good job picking up the games, uh, and then and then Stafford did a good job of stepping out of harm's way, you know, from time to because the coverage was good, giving him time to get there, but he did a good job of evading the rush. Yeah, it's crazy to me. The only sack of the game came on the first series for, with Devin Witherspoon. Other than that, we did not get to to Matthew Stafford, and you got to give credit to Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. He he can move in that pocket, and he was evading. And he, I mean, a couple of times you looked and you thought guys had him by the ankles, and they were going to be able to trip him up. And and he got out of there and made some plays. And that's what Stafford does. That's what a veteran does. He's not the fastest quarterback, but he knows where to move. He know, he can feel pressure very well. And uh, you know, he only got hit three times and, and one sack. So that's something that the defense needs to, to pick up, especially going into the 
Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah, I mean, both quarterbacks didn't get sacked a lot. I mean, uh, they had two on us, uh, but, boy, they got hit hard. I mean, obviously, Geno got hit hard by Aaron Donald on that one that ended up uh, giving that bruise on his, was his tricep or bicep, one of the two. And uh, while wow, Stafford got annihilated by who, – who hit him? Was it Mario? Mario, Mario, Mario. Yeah. on the flea flicker. I mean, and he's quick. And I, when he got hit, I thought it had to have been like Brooks or one of our DBs because he, he came at him so quick. Um, but they, they got hit, and I, I was shocked. I, I mean, I thought we moved Stafford. I thought we covered mm-hmm. fantastic downfield. I was surprised we couldn't chase him down. He's got better wheels than I thought. All right, more to do when we come back. We'll hear from DJ Dallas next right here in your home for the Seahawks. Out of Sports 710 and News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. I'm Michael Bumpus with the guys, Ray Roberts, Brian Walters, and Paul Moya. Man, you, we lost Ken Walker during the game. Pete Carroll says he has a legit oblique deal going on. That's never good, right? That's all your rotation, your movement and stuff. That's what he does. So we saw some Zach Charbonnet. We also saw some DJ Dallas. He's standing by with Jen. There were a number of third downs in that first quarter, I think on the opening drive. But what did Pete say about maybe getting in your own way as the game went on? Yeah, uh, we kind of had this type of practice on Wednesday and uh, just kind of kind of got in our own way today again. So I don't know. So what's the conversation that needs to take place? Because you know that penalties aren't good, not you personally, right? But everybody knows that that's not what the objective is. So does there need to be another conversation? Um, there always needs to be a conversation if, if what we're doing is affecting us, and it did. We gave up, I think, a hundred and some yards in penalties. But really, we just need to flush this flush this and move on we got a quick turnaround so just flush it and get better and that might be the benefit to having a short week just a couple more questions Jarek Reed has been such a big special teamer what has he brought to that unit what did you miss without him out there uh I always notice him on, on punt returns when I'm back deep and uh he's been my guy uh hopefully he, he's good and uh hopefully we can get him back Lastly, going back to just needing to flush it. So how quickly do you go back to, to work and, and look at Thursday? I, will, uh, I won't spend too much time on this. I'm going to get on the plane and watch film. Watch film and get ready for Thursday. All right. The short turnaround might, in fact, benefit the Hawks as we get that back to you, Bob. Thanks, Jen. Uh, you know, we... We might not see Ken Walker, obviously, with that uh, that injury to his oblique. We shall see. Um, so we will see more Zach Charbonnet, but we actually might get a chance to finally see Kenny McIntosh. It's something for me to look forward to, for us to look forward to, right? Yeah, you know, I liked him uh, when they drafted him. I think he's a guy that can he, – he's done a good job, at, at least in his college career, uh, rushing the ball as well as uh, being a good receiver, uh, you know, out of the backfield. Uh, I think he – I think it's the last couple of years he had – Three or four hundred yards receiving and about four or five hundred yards rushing. So, be kind of interesting to see how they use him if he does get in the game, and hopefully, they if if he does, they give him opportunities to do those types of things. Next man up. That's that's where you got to go. I mean, he was, uh, yeah, obviously injured all camp, and and he's been kind of itching, itching to to get in the last couple of weeks, and this is his chance. This is where. Um, you know, the NFL, there's a lot of injuries and, and we finally get to see him. The other, I think, is he the final draft pick that we haven't seen on the field yet? He might be, maybe I'm wrong with that, but, um, 
So I'm uh, I'm excited to see what he can bring to this team. Yeah, we may, we may not see Canine for a while. Oblique, yeah. the, you know, especially the way he grabbed mm-hmm. it. You know, it was one of those non-contact, you know, soft type of injuries. And uh, man, I know technology is great, and our trainers are amazing. But man, there are some injuries that just take longer to come back from. Hamstrings are one of them. Obliques are one of those. A running back, that's a tough spot. So, but you know what? For all those who were upset, the Seahawks drafted a running back in the second round, mm. like Charbonnet. Uh, nana, 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 right? And, uh, and, and also us picking another one in the seventh round, nina, nina, nina. Um, pretty glad we have these running backs and the depth we have. Oh, uh, you got me with that one, Paul. I, when when Ken Walker went down, all I thought about was that scene in Forrest Gump when he's carrying people out the jungle and someone shot him. Like, something bit me. Right? That's what it looked like. So, Ken Walker, get healthy, man, because yeah. uh, we're going to need you during this stretch. All right, when we come back, we're, uh, we'll go through some of these highlights. That's next your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cobra News Radio 97.3 FM. It's time for some highlights. Believe it or not, in a loss, you still got some highlights, so let's get it going. This first one, Geno Smith finds DK Metcalf for an 8-yard touchdown, capping a 14-play, 88-yard drive. Geno from the shotgun with three receivers near side. Here's a slant route. Ball is caught. It is DK Metcalf, and it is a touchdown. Seahawks. Gino threw that ball where only DK Metcalf could get it. Kind of a low driving throw on a slant route, and DK just protects the ball with his body, makes the catch for six, and Seattle draws first blood here in Los Angeles, 6-0. Could not have asked for a better start to the game. The defense uh, forces the Rams to a three and out, and then the Seahawks continue with a 14-play, 88-yard drive uh, tapped off by DK Metcalf, who's been making a living on a slant route lately from last game to this game, and uh, he chose big body in the middle for the opening score. The Hawks would then make two field goals, making it 13-0, and then the Rams get on the board with this touchdown to Puka. Freeman out of the backfield left side. Stafford has time, throws a slant route inside. Ball is caught, and it's going to be a touchdown. Nakua has it for a touchdown. Love was there on coverage, and Nakua literally just broke the plane of the end zone on the front side on a slant route and scores, and so... 13-6 now, the Seahawks lead. Yeah, it was a good coverage on that play, but uh, just a good throw and a good catch and uh, and then put the Rams on the board. Seahawks will make another field goal, make it a 16-7, and then with 25 seconds left in the third quarter, Geno gets hit by Aaron Donald, injuring himself. Geno takes a shotgun snap, wants to throw, gets hit. Ball goes straight up in the air. Going to be a jump ball, and it's knocked down by Will Disley. I think it was Aaron Donald who got in there almost untouched and just hammered Geno, and Geno is going to come off the field, and Drew Locke is going to go on at quarterback, and Geno is really in pain right now. Oh, boy, that hurt us. Uh, Aaron Donald had one tackle, but he had three quarterback hits and none bigger than that one, and you know, we, we lost Geno until the final drive, and that, uh, that gave the Rams a chance to get back in the game. Rams would get the football, but the Seahawks would respond. Reek Rolling gets his second interception of the season. Motion across the formation is 2-2 Atwell. He starts left, tosses it back to Stafford, who's going to throw down the far side. Ball is going to be short. Ball is going to yes. be picked off. It's going to be picked off by Tariq Woolen, who intercepts the ball. It was intended for Trammell. 
You know, the previous play, uh, uh, Devin Witherspoon had the unnecessary roughness penalty, uh, and then Reek Woolen was able to to uh, step up and show his wide receiver skills here uh, and was showed his length as he was able to extend for this interception. Good to see him get his second one of the season. Seahawks will get the ball off of that interception, but couldn't do anything with it. They go three and out. So then the Rams get the football. They go nine plays, 68 yards, capped off by this one-yard touchdown by Daryl Henderson. Henderson's going to try it again. This time he is going to step in. Touchdown Rams from the one. 7.38 to play here in the football game. And now the Rams have drawn to within three, 16-13. They're going to send the PAT team on to make it a two-point game. Yeah, unfortunately, that came after the phantom uh, P.I. call on Witherspoon, uh, and then it put the ball at the one-yard line, and then they were able to punch it in for the easy score. With Geno out, Drew Locke steps in, and unfortunately, he is intercepted, trying to find Tyler Lockett by Daryl Kendrick. Shotgun snap to Drew. Looks, he's going to throw the ball deep again. He's got Tyler Lockett, who reaches up, and the ball is intercepted. Intercepted by Darion Kendrick as Drew Locke just kind of threw it up down the near side in hopes that Tyler Lockett could run under it. He did not. Third and 11, uh, Drew Locke took a shot and was hoping to the one-on-one ball to your playmaker. Uh, Tyler Lockett tried to get up and, and get the underthrown ball, but a great play by the Rams defense. The Hawks would get the full ball with time left on the clock, trying to drive and win the game. Geno finds DK Metcalf for a 21-yard game, setting up Myers for a field goal. Rams are going to rush five. Geno throws in the middle. Reaching up, DK makes the catch at the 40 for a first down. A big first down on a slant route. Listen to the Seahawks fans. The 12s are in attendance here. First and 10. Thought we were going to win it again, just like last week. You know, a similar play. not Maybe not exactly like that, but a, just a big play by DK and able to get some extra yards, get the ball back to the ref, and... Unfortunately, this next highlight's probably not going to be a fun one. You is right, Paul. It is not going to be a good one. Jason Myers lines up for a 55-yard field goal. Unfortunately, he misses. It's all on this. The last-second attempt from 55 yards off the left hash mark for Jason Myers. Out of the hold of Michael Dixon. Perfect snap. Kick is away. The kick is going to be long enough, and the kick is no good. Myers cannot hit from 55. Three seconds left. The Seahawks did everything they could to get themselves in position. That one hurt. It looked good for a little bit, but then just pushed to the right side. So the Seahawks unable to come back and beat the Rams. They end up losing 16, excuse me, 17 to 16. All right, when we return, we will give you our unsung hero that is next in your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Kyra News Radio 97.3 FM. This is, is Hawk Talk Postgame, a joint presentation of Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM and Seattle Sports. Welcome back to Hawk Talk. It was a tough one today. The Seahawks lose to the Rams 17 to 16. I'm Michael Bumpus with the fellas Big Ray, B Weezy, Moye, and I'm your boy. Mm-hmm. What's good? It's <laughs> time for our unsung hero. Who did something? Who kind of balled out but ain't getting no love? All right, um, you know, I'll I'll start us off today. You know, and I'm just going to go with Mario Edwards because that was the biggest hit of the day. Just smacked our guy, uh, Matthew Stafford. Thought he, thought he he knocked him out the game. I never want to see anybody get hurt, but in that moment, I wouldn't mind seeing Carson Wentz run on the field. That didn't happen. Matthew Stafford shook it off. I'm going Mario Edwards for the biggest hit of the day. 
What you got, B Weezy? I'm gonna go with. You know, it's always hard to uh, fill in. You know, you, you don't expect K9 to to get injured, right? And if you're that third running back, DJ Dallas, he uh, he was asked to step up today and fill in for that. Be that third down back and get in. You know, he had one carry, four yards, one catch, ten yards. Uh, you know, but had to handle pass protection duties. But then you look at his punt returning. He had two punt returns. For 25 yards, that's a 12.5 average. You look for over a 10-yard average as a returner. Gives your offense the first first down of the drive. So DJ Dallas stepped up nicely today uh, in place of an injured K9. Go DJ. That's my DJ. <laughs> You're thinking and I'm thinking. I know. Right? <laughs> I got you. I'm going to go with uh, Jackson Smith and Jig, but just because uh, you know he had six targets, three catches, and, and the one 32-yard uh, catch. He had 40 yards overall. So to me, it's just... Uh, continued um, uh, involvement of him in the offense and him feeling comfortable in the offense. You can see the the confidence that he has, you know, after he, after he makes a catch. So, not a whole lot of options. Uh, I do like the uh, the the Charbonnet uh, deal, but I'm or I'm mean, under DJ Dallas deal, but I'm gonna go with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, they, they're all good. I was gonna go with JSN too because he started off hot and he just mm-hmm. got quiet there at the, at the end. Um, this one's a hard one for me because he had two top play. Actually, one was probably not pass interference, but that third and fifteen hands to the face, you know, dropped him from MVP slash a lot of things. But you know, Reek Woolen. You know, played pretty well. He had an interception. He had two passes defensed. You know, I was watching him in the run game. He was around there. You know, he still needs to work, you know, on unwrapping a little bit more. But I just thought what we did to their wide receivers, their, our corners, you know, they, they did a great job. The refs just didn't help them out. But as far as actual catches on our corners, this is about four games in a row where we're shutting people down. And, you know, again, it, it bodes well for, for the rest of the season. Stay on point because you got the uh, 49ers on Thursday. So those are our unsung heroes. When we return, we'll preview the 49ers. That is next on your home for the Seahawks. Salad Sports 710 and Kyrie News Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to Hawk Talk, man. Thursday, Thanksgiving. You ain't going to be with your family. You're going to be here with me. You're, you're going to be here with me. You're not my family. And you're going to be here with me. You're not my family. Not blood, but we family. I'm it's not blood, it's family, Debo, man. but you know, really, it's really, hey, it's a, it's a like double sting us on that. Hey, you know, you know how black folks do, Ray. That's my cousin. That's my uncle. <laughs> no bloodlines at all. Right. None at all. So Straight yeah, great extended family forever. But, but you're not but like my uncle. You believe, you're more, you're more like my brother, though. I know there's like an age between us, gap between us, but you're more like a brother to me. Man, not, I'm not just getting stung. So you, are you saying he's old? No, I'm just saying there's a, there's a oh, gap. Okay, okay, I got There's a gap. You know, Bwee's is the youngest one here. You know. All right, so let's talk oh. about these Niners, huh? All right, I'm sorry, Paul. I didn't mean to do that to you, no, man. That's all right, man. What, what, do, what, do, what do you know about these Niners, huh? Tell me about them. Are they good? They're pretty good. Yeah? They're, here's what I know. They're 7-3. and three, We're 6-4. and four, And we win. We have the in first place with the uh, tiebreaker. So feel pretty good about this. Let's just pretend we won today. Let's just pretend <laughs> we won because, really, it's the same thing. We got to win to be in first place, right? So. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a challenge. Um, I, I'm I'm excited to see us defensively how we match up with San Francisco. I, last year they steamrolled us, you know, pretty good. Um, but I think we match up well. They got a, weapons all over the board. We we know that it's going to be hard to stop one guy. McCaffrey's my biggest concern because that's going against our linebackers. You know, um, I think their receivers we will will do fine. I think we can get some pressure. He got sacked four times today against Tampa Bay. Uh, so there's there's some opportunities there. 
defensively, I mean, offensively, I think it's just going to be a challenge. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what they think is a weakness. You know, I, I would like to see some power plays. Again, if they're getting upfield really quick, you know, let's go ahead and see if we can kick some people out. Um, we, we had some opportunities today. I felt good until – K-9 got hurt. So, a tough game, though, man. It it take us too long to go through everything. But uh, it's a short week, so, you know, not not too much to think about. Yeah, I mean, when the Niners come in town, it's always fun. I think the crowd's going to be hopping. 520 game on... uh... On Thanksgiving, it reminds me when we went down to uh, San Francisco on Thanksgiving in 2014, I believe, and we we beat the 49ers 19 to three. We were eating turkey on their field. Uh, this is it's a fun fun rivalry, and, and it, it, no matter what, it's uh, it's a battle for first place. No matter what went down today, so everything's still in front of the Hawks. And uh, yes, I mean, the only thing I can say is the 49ers are a good team, so the Seahawks are going to have to get everything rolling. Yeah, it's absolutely going to be a dogfight, and and you you have to be able to score points and not just field goals, uh, because they can score in a multitude of ways with the receivers they have and with the running back they have. They can they can get it done that way, and then with their defense, you know, it's one of the top defenses in the league, and they've added to it with Chase Young being able to get after the quarterback. So it's going to be a tough challenge for the defensive line. I mean, for the offensive line to be up to up to speed, and then uh, I think you know Shane Waldron is going to have to call a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to in order to keep you know everybody engaged, keep the uh, 49ers defense you know a little bit off balance, uh, and then give uh, uh, the Seahawks a chance of, for some explosive plays and some touchdowns. I think what will help though is where do we know where they're they're staying? Uh, the for at the hotel they probably said the height, right? I, you know that's a, a popular place, particularly teams in in college in Bellevue. But um, I would absolutely be serving some turkey pregame meal. Just to see they get just a little sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would hurt. They, they, you know, going into this game, you know, we knew Aaron Donald was the focus. Where's Aaron Donald? Boy, they got four across mm. the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so that ball better come out quick. We better be able to run. And we better not be having third down and ten situations or we will get sacked. Well, Paul, I'm going to do what you said and pretend like we won, but I still don't feel good. I still don't feel good. But – Quick turn around, bounce back, watch the film, flush it, and let's go get it. Today's final score, the Rams 17, the Seahawks 16. You've been listening to Hot Talk on Seattle Sports 710 and Kyra News Radio 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboard updates by Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Chauncey Sanders. Studio coordinators Brady Robing and Max Strobel. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nash Achovey. The Seahawks return home this Thursday for a Thanksgiving showdown with the San Francisco 49ers. Pre-game coverage begins at 2 p.m. on our Seattle stations. For Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Brian Walters, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks lose 17-16.